Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. So have they known that the crucifixion of Jesus would have led to our eternal redemption, they wouldn't have crucified him. Some of the things the enemy is putting you through now, if he knows the end result, he won't put you through them. If the brothers of Joseph knew that if they had sold him into slavery, he would have become the prime minister of Egypt and one day they'll be bound before him, guess what? They would not have sold him into slavery. Because the reason why they wanted him out is because of the dream he had. Alright, if you're ready for the word, please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Revelations chapter 5. The book of Revelations chapter 5 verse 12. Revelations chapter 5 verse 12. Are you there? Are you there? Okay, I'll wait for you. Revelation for your information is the last book in the New Testament. So don't go to the Old Testament. Amen. Revelations chapter 5, verse 12. I read. It says, Say with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and we are blessed by the reading of God's word I'm continuing with my message that I have titled slain to receive our eternal redemption slain to receive our eternal redemption and this is part two. I started this series last week emphasizing on what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. One of the challenges we have in these times is that many people don't know what Jesus did for us on the cross. Most of the times you see people wearing cross on their neck, wearing cross, having cross in their cars, but they really don't understand what Jesus did for us on the cross. So it's very important for us to understand that Jesus did, just, did not just come to, to demonstrate his love for us, but far beyond that, he did something that we have to understand what he did for us 2,000 years ago on the cross. Hallelujah. 
So the scripture we read in the book of Revelation chapter 5 verse 12, the Bible says the angels were singing and shouting and screaming with a loud voice saying, worthy is the lamb. I did this series last month, which is worthy is the lamb. So if you want to follow it, you can get it on our podcast and I believe that you'll be blessed. So this month we are looking at slain to receive. The question is, what was Jesus slain for? He was slain to receive something. The scripture tells us the things he was slain for, but I believe that there is one key thing that he was slain for, and that is to receive our eternal redemption. He was slain to receive our eternal redemption. In other words, the day you got born again, your salvation is for eternity. That's what he did for you and I. 2,000 years ago when Jesus went on the cross, when he was slain, he received our eternal redemption. That's why in the book of John chapter 1 verse 29, the Bible says that when John saw Jesus coming, John said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. That was the introduction of John, of Jesus to the world. Now, if you have been following, we have been talking about the only lamb that is worthy to be slain was Jesus. And so when John opened his mouth and said, behold the lamb, in other words, he was telling everybody, this is the one who is going to die. (laughs) Can you imagine your first introduction to the world? His first introduction is that, behold, this is the lamb who is worthy who is going to die for our sins. And Jesus also confirmed it. In Luke chapter 9 verse 22, Jesus, the Bible says, saying, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. That's what the Bible says, that without the resurrection, we have all men the most, what, miserable. So when Jesus was slain, he was slain for our eternal redemption. Eternal redemption. In other words, no devil can snatch you out of the hands of Jesus. Oh, that's powerful. You see, you can't have Jesus and other things. (laughs) The moment Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross 2,000 years ago, That was it. That's all you needed. Nothing else. That's why Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 and 12. The Bible says about Christ being come as a high priest of good things to come. Good things to come. But a greater and a more perfect tabernacle. Not made with hands. That is to say not of this building. Verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves. But by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place. Having obtained for us eternal redemption. He's obtained it so you might have it. Oh, say a good amen. Amen. He obtained it so you might have it. Question, do you want it or not? It's free. I was telling you last week how 
My wife and I went to a restaurant and after we ate and we're about to pay for the bill, someone said, your bill has been paid for. It would have been sad for me to say, no, 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 I want to pay for it again. Jesus paid for you 2,000 years ago so you don't have to pay again. Say amen to that. He paid the bill. Why do you want to pay again what he's already paid? So guess what? I put my money back in my pocket. I was so excited that day. (laughs) Glory be to God. Glory be to God. That's why it's important for us to boldly declare what Christ has done for us. We have been redeemed. That's why Psalm 107 verse 2, the Bible says that, let the redeem of the Lord say so. What do we say? We say, I have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Do we have any redeem in this house? Let the redeem of the Lord do what? What do we say? I am redeemed. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. I don't, you see, if you know what Jesus did for you, you will be at peace. Many of you, you are running away from a little cockroach. You say, oh, cockroach. No, no, no. You ought to know what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago. The Bible says, as a matter of fact, he made a show of the devil openly. And when he was doing that, you and I were in Christ Jesus. So we saw the fight. It was not a secret fight. We saw the devil beating. So when the devil shows up in your life, you show the devil what Jesus did. Hey devil, have you forgotten? Because sometimes he has, uh, is it amnesia? He forgets. Remind him of what Jesus did. Remind him of what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago and tell the devil, devil, I was there. I saw the fight. You were beating hands down. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's why as the redeemed, you say so. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And what do you say? I am redeemed. Hallelujah. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. Say with me, I am redeemed. Oh, say it again, I am redeemed. If the devil has deaf ears, you ought to let the devil know that you are redeemed. You see, you might be going through little challenges here and there. You might be dabbling in little sins here and there. But the reality of the matter is you have been redeemed. That's why the redeem of the Lord must say so. You can't keep quiet now. I can't keep quiet. I am blessed. I am healed. I am the righteousness of God. Why? Because let the redeem of the Lord say so. Have you been redeemed? What do you say? So if he says you are blessed, what do you say? If he says you are healed, what do you say? I am healed. If he says you are the head, what do you say? I am the head. You say what he says. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It says, for he has said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Who has said? Jesus has said. 
Jesus has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is his word because Jesus is the truth. He can't lie. He says, I, Jesus, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So why do you pray some sorrowful prayers? Oh, Jesus, why have you left me alone? No, he's not left you alone. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Your friend might have left you, but Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Your husband might have misbehaved and left you with the children, but Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you say what he says. Verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 13, it says, he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we may boldly say, glory be to God. He has said it so you can also say it how? Boldly. I can never be sick. <laughs> and so, are you not a human being? Even machines break down. Well, that's your, that's your understanding. As for me, he has said, so I may boldly say, Amen. I can never be sick. Amen. I say, oh, oh, pastor, be careful. No, no, I cannot be careful. <laughs> he has said, so I may say boldly. Amen. And let's take it further. I can never die. Amen. So I so say, hey, you see, he has said, so I may boldly say. He has said, so I may what? Say it boldly. I can't die because he conquered death 2,000 years ago. Amen. Amen. Are you following me? Amen. In this family, we don't die, we sleep. Yeah. <laughs> the Bible says that when the trumpet sound, those who are asleep in the Lord will rise up first, Amen. not those who are dead. Yeah. Messing with your theologies. <laughs> Some of you, when you see a dead body, you are scared. You are scared. You can't even drive through or drive past a cemetery. You are scared. You are scared of a dead body. Okay, let's 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 go. Now let's please understand the mystery of the crucifixion because. For Jesus to receive our eternal redemption, he has to be slain. That's the plan. He has to be slain. But the crucifixion of Jesus is a mystery. Why do I say so? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 6 to 8. The Bible says, How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Oh, I love that. That's powerful. But we speak the, the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom. Now, the wisdom that he's talking about here is Jesus. Jesus is that wisdom. I'll show you in a minute. It says, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. 
So have they known that the crucifixion of Jesus would have led to our eternal redemption, they wouldn't have crucified him. Some of the things the enemy is putting you through now, if he knows the end result, he won't put you through them. If the brothers of Joseph knew that if they had sold him into slavery, he would have become the prime minister of Egypt and one day they'll be bound before him. Guess what? They would not have sold him into slavery. Because the reason why they wanted him out is because of the dream he had. They said, oh, you, look at the dreamer. This dreamer said we are going to bow before him. But they said, let's finish him now. But they did not know because it's a mystery. It's a wisdom. It's a hidden mystery. Oh, glory be to God. They don't know that what they are putting you through is just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Before they realize, they'll come bowing before you. I said, they'll come bowing before you. They'll come bowing before you. When they crucified Jesus, they put a big tomb on his tomb. They put soldiers to guard the tomb. They didn't know that he is spirit. You can't contain a spirit being. Are you following me? So the next time they came, they saw him sitting on the very stone. The very stone. The very stone, the big stone they have put to, to cover his tomb. He was sitting on that stone. Meaning, whatever they used to entrap you, you have power and dominion over it. He was sitting. Now, when Mary and the rest came, they said, oh, who is going to roll away, away this tomb? But they didn't know that Jesus has power over this stone. He is the rock. He is the rock of ages. Hallelujah. What is a tiny rock compared to the rock of ages? When they came, they saw him sitting on the stone. I said, who are you looking for? They were looking for the living among the dead. He said, you can't look for the living among the dead. I am alive. Did I not tell you? That I'm going to die and on the third day I'll rise up triumphantly because I am he that died. Glory be to God. And I am alive forevermore. Our Jesus is alive. I said our Jesus is alive. He is not dead. He is alive. That's why we have a living future. We have a hope for the future. So if the enemy had known, they would not have crucified the Lord. Of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because his crucifixion is a mystery. Revelation chapter 1 verse 17 and 18. He said, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he's laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, fear not. I am the first and the last. Verse 18, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive. How many? Forevermore. For how long? Forevermore. For how long? Forevermore. For how long? Forevermore. Forevermore. Amen. And this is where it gets interesting. He says, I have. I have what? The keys of hell and death. Oh, glory. I have the keys. 
not I'm going to have the keys because the moment he died, he went to hell and made a show of the enemy publicly and took the keys. He took the keys of hell and death and he doesn't need the key because he's in heaven right now. He doesn't need the key. You and I are here on earth. We need the key. So in Matthew 16 verse 19, he said, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Oh, say amen to that. He said, I will give you. Jesus have the keys and Jesus who have the keys says, I will give who? You. He said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now notice it's not one key, it's many keys. He said, I'll give you the keys of heaven and death and, and the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind here on earth shall be bound where? And whatsoever you shall lose here on earth shall be lost where? Now Jesus said, I have given you the keys. And these keys that I have given you has no limitation. He said, whatsoever, this key is a master key. It can open whatsoever. This key that was given to you and I can open whatsoever. Oh, that's good. You are standing behind a door and knocking yet you have the keys. And knocking, knock, knock. Who is going to open? Knock, knock. He's giving you the keys. You have the keys. What are you doing with the keys? He's giving you the keys over sickness and disease. He's giving you the keys over fear. He's giving you the keys over depression. He's giving you the keys. He's giving you this key. And this key can open whatsoever. Oh God. When you go to hotels, there's one person who has a master key. And that master one key can open all the doors. Guess which key we have. This key is more than the master key. This key opens heaven and earth. This key that Jesus gave you and I opens heaven and earth. I'll wait for you to think about that. This key that has been given to you and I opens heaven and earth. In other words, it opens every door in heaven <laughs> and every door on earth. So when I'm going to heaven, I don't have to knock because I have the keys. I can walk in and walk out. Glory be to God. Are you following what I'm saying? So Jesus said, I've given you this key and whatsoever. You shall bound, that means disallow. What you don't want, you don't allow it. You don't permit sickness. You don't permit oppression. You don't permit depression. Anything that is contrary to the word, you don't what? 
allow it. Elijah understood this. Elijah understood it so much that Elijah locked the heavens for three and a half years. James 5, 16 and 17, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray one to another that you may be healed. For the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Now, the only way you can enforce this key is through prayer. That's why the devil doesn't want you to pray. You wake up at 4 a.m., you lie on your bed, you say, I want to pray. I have, I have, I have, I <laughs> In your bed, you say, I'm praying today. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. The devil is sitting on your head in your bed. <laughs> He doesn't want you to pray because he knows that that is where the power is. So you don't pray in your bed in this cold UK weather. You get out of your bed, go to the lounge, make yourself a cup of coffee or something. Stay awake and pray through. Pray through. There is, listen, oh glory, this is so powerful. There is nothing on this earth that is more powerful than you. Nothing. You have the keys. Oh glory. Father just help them to understand this. You have the keys. The keys to open whatever door you want. So Elijah understood this. And Elijah prayed that it should not rain for three and a half years. Three and a half years, verse 17, the Bible says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. In other words, you like McDonald's, Elijah used to like McDonald's. <laughs> Same thing. You used to be hungry, Elijah also used to be hungry. The Bible is just trying to tell us that he is as human just as you are. As a matter of fact, you and I are more powerful than Elijah. Because Jesus didn't live in Elijah. Christ is in me now. The greater one is in me. And so therefore, I can do more than Elijah did. Oh, glory. So Elijah, the Bible says that he prayed earnestly that it should not rain. And it rained not on the earth. On the earth. On the earth. Whatsoever you disallow where on this earth shall be disallowed. You have the power. You have the power. I said you have the power. MC Hammer doesn't have the power. You have the power. You know, we used to listen to those songs. They used to play do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I got the power! Is it MC Hammer? Is it MC Hammer? Who is it? Who sang it? Snap. How do you know? It's a Christian. The Christians know Snap. Snap don't have the power. I thought it was MC Hammer. See, that should tell you how long ago I used to listen to those things. Praise God. Verse 18, the Bible says, he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth much fruit. Can you see that? Elijah is demonstrating what Jesus said. 
Jesus said, I've given you the keys of the heavens, of the of heaven and earth. And Elijah was operating in that. How come you are not operating in that? Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. So the Bible says that, and, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, this thing said, he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that openeth and no man shut. Oh, glory. Say amen to that. He that what? Openeth and no man shut and shut and no man openeth. It says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before you an open door and no man can shut. This is Jesus speaking. And then you go and stand behind a door and say, oh, Jesus, open this door. Oh, no, no. He's looking at you and saying, I've already given you the keys. What are you doing with the keys? I say, oh, pastor, somebody has closed their door. No, nobody can close their door. You have the power. You have the keys. You have the keys. Are you following what I'm saying? You have the keys to your healing. You have the keys to your joy. You have the keys to your peace. You have the keys. No one has the keys. You have the keys. What are you doing with the keys? Then somebody is controlling your joy. 5%. Today you can only laugh 2%. No, you have the keys of laughter. Just be there and just start. Oh, oh, glory be to God. Oh, no. Oh, Lord, the mercy. The devil is a liar. Nothing is going to sit on our joy now. Hallelujah. I said nothing is going to sit on our joy. Glory be to God. You have to learn to use the keys. There are sometimes my wife and I, we practice some laughter. We'll be there and we'll start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a special laughter. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. Don't allow anybody to sit on your joy and determine how far you can go in life. You have the keys. God has given you the keys. I said God has given you all the keys. Use the keys that has been given to you because he was slain to receive your eternal redemption. Hallelujah. Finally, as we get ready to close, finally. Now, Jesus had to die for you and I to experience this eternal redemption. And look at how he did it. This is very important. I want you to get ready because something is going to happen to us today. John chapter 12 from verse 20 to 24. Now you know the reason why Jesus came? Jesus came to die to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen? Amen. Now look at John chapter 12 from verse 20 to 24. I read, the Bible says that and and there were certain Greeks among them that came to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, listen to that. It says, Sir, we would see Jesus. Follow me carefully. Now, these people came all the way from Galilee, and they said, Sir, we want to see Jesus. 
Verse 22. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew. And again Andrew, Philip. And went and told Jesus. Now look, look at what's happening here. Some people came from Galilee and they said. Say we would like to see Jesus. And then all of a sudden. Philip went and told Andrew. And Andrew went and told Philip. And Philip went to Jesus and said, there are some people who want to see you. Now, look at Jesus' response, verse 23. The Bible says, and Jesus answered them saying, the hour is come that the son of man should be glorified. Now, can you imagine? People want to see Jesus and Jesus' response is, the hour is come for me to die. Question, does he not want to be seen by others? Yes, but this is not the medium by which God has put in place the way for us to have an encounter with Jesus. Very important. Then verse 24, it says, For verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth what? Much fruit. Now, people have come to see Jesus and Jesus said, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. Does it make sense? I thought Jesus, you came for us. How come people want to see you? Now you say, I have to die. Now what's Jesus saying? When Jesus was here on earth, people have to travel to where he was. When Jesus was here on earth, we have to travel to Jerusalem. We have to travel to places to go and worship. But Jesus said, this is not how I want it to be. And then he said, okay, for me to change this procedure, I have to die as a wheat to go on the ground. And when I go on the ground and I die, when I'm resurrected, then many Jesuses will come up. Many sons and many daughters who have the same power, who have the same ability to do what I'm able to do here on earth. So Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and it die, it abides alone. That's a mystery. That's a mystery. That's a mystery. That's a mystery. So you see, I don't have to go to Jerusalem. Praise God. Thank God for Jerusalem. But you see, Jesus is here inside of me. I can be anywhere and call upon the name of Jesus. And he'll respond to me right there. I don't even have to look towards heaven because he is in me. Are you following me? He is inside of me. So I don't have to look towards a particular direction. And say, if I pray towards this direction, he'll hear my prayers. No. He lives in me. And guess what? When that corn fell to the ground and died. Now, remember Genesis chapter 2 verse 7? For God to form man, he has to take the dust of the earth. Because the wheat has died and spread himself. The wheat there represents Jesus. When he died, he spread himself through the earth. And then when God took the earth and breathed into the earth, guess what? Another Jesus was resurrected. That's why demons are scared. When they hear the name Jesus, they tremble and they fall. 
Jesus died for you and for me. He died for you and for me. Your redemption is eternal. It's not five years. It's not ten years. It's what? Eternal. It's eternal, man. Your redemption is what? Eternal. Nobody can snatch you out of the hands of God. Nobody can snatch you out of the hands of Jesus. What Jesus did for you and I on the cross is perfect. This is why I don't understand people who say, I'm going for deliverance. Come on, Jesus delivered you. You already delivered. Man and Jesus, which is more powerful? <laughs> Jesus is more powerful. You're trying to say, oh, if God does something, it's not complete. What God did for you and I is complete. And Jesus wants us to experience that same level of power. So you can stay in your house and open the heavens and open the earth. And whatever you declare shall be established. Jesus lives inside of us. That's why we shout about him. That's why when we are worshiping, we cry. That's why when we are worshiping, we kneel down before him because for us, he is a reality. He's not a myth or a power somewhere. He's not an energy somewhere. He is real to us. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus died on the cross so you and I will have eternal redemption. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did you receive it today? Let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a better praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, please, every eye closed. If you are here this morning and you know in your hearts of hearts, that you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior. You know if you die today, you'll not make it to heaven. You're not sure where you'll end up. I have good news for you. Jesus did not come to condemn us. Jesus came so you and I will receive eternal redemption. No Jesus, no life. No Jesus, no hope. Jesus is the only way. So if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. Jesus died for you and I so that we might be with him. He does not condemn you. He does not condemn us. He died for us in our sins. So if you're here this morning and you haven't given your life to Jesus and you're not sure where you end up this morning, I want to invite you to Jesus. I want to introduce you to Jesus. Just where you are, he can come into your life. When he comes into your life, he will change all things. 
He will change all things. He will change all things. It's just a simple prayer that will come from the depths of your heart. Say with me, Lord Jesus. I come to you just as I am. Forgive me of my sins. Write my name in your book of life. May I serve you all the days of my life. Satan, from today, I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Satan, from today, I will no longer serve you. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my master. Jesus, help me. Help me. Help me. For I need you. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for these precious souls that have committed their lives to you today. Your grace that has found them will keep them till eternity. Nothing will snatch them out of your hands. Father, we ask, oh God, that on the day of your coming, they will be together with you. We give you praise. Cover them with your blood. Sanctify them. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And amen. amen. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Oh, I said, let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hear me, if you pray that prayer sincerely from the depths of your heart, after the service, we'd just like to take five minutes of your time just to show you the steps to grow and to be established in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information, or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.